the American healthcare system is in the business of treating symptoms as opposed to preventing diseases. I apologize in advance if this episode sounds a bit like a rant, but it is. And it's because, you know, I want you to take action. Welcome to The Mindset Diet, the show that will teach you how to stop getting in your own way and start losing weight, feeling better, and becoming the best version of yourself. My name is Iman, I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach, and I run an online coaching business where my amazing team and I coach women through losing weight without restrictive dieting or excessive exercise. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Mindset Diet. On today's episode, we're going to be talking all about how America's healthcare system actually keeps you sick. But before we do that, as always, I'm going to give you a brief update on my own health journey and uh, cover some little housekeeping stuff. So let's go ahead and take care of that. So this past Monday, I normally record these episodes on Thursdays, and this past Monday was the start of week nine of my SIBO protocol, right? My gut health protocol. And this past weekend, I had some friends from college visit, and I had a great time. It was so nice to see them. It was so nice to take my mind off of things, off of work, off of my health, and just enjoy some time with some old friends. So that was really, really nice. But during their visit, I was really frustrated about my situation. You know, I couldn't take them out to dinner because I was following a strict meal plan. Um, we at one point went to this flea market and we knew we were going to be gone like all day. Cause it was like a 30 minute drive from my house. And you know, there were different stalls and stands and whatnot. Like I knew it was going to be like a whole day ordeal. And I literally had to pack my lunch with me and it's not a big deal, but I just felt so silly carrying around a lunch box with my little rice and chicken meal in it. They all got this pizza from this food cart and it smelled and looked delicious. And I just, you know, I was just having a moment where I was feeling sorry for myself And then on top of all of that, you know, my symptoms weren't getting any better. They're still continuing to be, you know, worse than when I started this protocol. So I emailed my coach on Monday and I don't want to get into it too much um, just because I respect him and I respect the way that he does things. I think we just have a difference of opinion on certain aspects and topics of what I'm going through. And so basically I write him this email on Monday explaining, you know, how I'm in a lot of pain and I'm bloated and I got another period just 21 days after my last one, which of course is, you know, sooner than I should have. And he basically told me to restart a protocol that I had already done that we kind of determined wasn't working for me both physically and mentally. And so I just got really frustrated. So I mean, it's hard for me to admit this because I really wanted to follow with this all the way through to a T perfectly the way that I would want my clients to follow my protocols. But um, I just decided it was best for me to take a break from what he was asking me to do. So I started just kind of eating when I was hungry instead of following this meal plan. I'm still gluten and dairy free because I'm pretty confident that both of those uh, types of foods irritate my gut. So I'm keeping out gluten, I'm keeping out dairy, and um, you know, I'm just eating some foods that he wouldn't allow because they contain FODMAPs. I think I talked about that in a previous episode, but foods that I've just been wanting to try to incorporate back in. So I put in some bone broth, which has onions in it. Onions are high in FODMAP, so I wasn't supposed to have that. I put back in some bone broth. I really liked how that felt. 
Um, you know, I put back in some fruits that are higher in FODMAPs and one of those being apples, which I think still doesn't sit well with me, unfortunately, because I used to literally eat apples like every single night. So maybe that was contributing to some of the bloating and discomfort I was feeling that made me seek out a coach in the first place. But anyways, I just made this executive decision. You know, it wasn't easy, but I made this executive decision to just start listening to my body a little bit more, you know, feeding myself five times a day. Sometimes when I wasn't hungry, I felt like just wasn't helping me. And I felt like he wasn't really listening to what I was saying. And at the end of the day, and this is something I want you all to realize as well, nobody will ever know your body better than you do. And yes, we are sometimes out of touch with our bodies when we don't take care of them or we don't pay attention to them. But at the end of the day, nobody can feel the symptoms you're feeling. Nobody can quite understand what you're going through besides you. So listen to your body, trust your your gut, <laughs> no pun intended there, and make good decisions, but do what is best for you. So I'm not really sure how I'm going to proceed. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to tell him about what I did and see what his thoughts are and see if he can help me move forward from it. But um, I'm not sure that he's necessarily the best fit for me right now. And that's okay. At the same time, I'm incredibly grateful for this journey, even though I'm still struggling through it and it's very frustrating. I've learned so much, so much about myself, so much about how I want to move forward with client cases, and I'm just incredibly grateful for the whole thing. All right, so with that little update out of the way, last thing I wanna say before we get into the content of today's topic is if you are enjoying this podcast, if you like these episodes, if you find them valuable, if they help you, if they inspire you, anything along those lines, please make sure to leave a five-star rating or review wherever you're listening to the podcast. And more importantly, if you could share these episodes to your Facebook page, your Instagram stories, wherever you are on social media, that would really, really help me out because more people will see me, more people will know about me, and more people will be able to benefit from the information that I give in these podcasts. All right, I've kept you waiting long enough. Let's go ahead and talk about how America's healthcare system keeps you sick. So like I was just mentioning, my whole journey with my coach has completely changed the way we coach our clients here at Built by Balance. Before going through this journey, before looking at my lab work, before learning more about hormones, I would focus only on the lifestyle habits that I teach you all about on the podcast, right? Reducing your consumption of processed foods, adding in more movement, getting better quality sleep, et cetera, et cetera. But after getting my own blood work done, as somebody who does all the basics and does them well... I realized how much can be going on below the surface that can be made better by improving your diet and lifestyle, but still may require extra attention. So now what we do for our clients is, in addition to helping them you know, with their exercise routines, helping them make better quality food choices, all the other stuff we talk about, we also often have them order some lab work. Now, this process should not be as difficult as it is. You should be able to go to your doctor and give them a list of labs that you want to have run and just have them run with no questions asked. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. And as you'll see as I give examples and tell stories throughout this episode, this is just an example of how the American healthcare system is in the business of treating symptoms as opposed to preventing diseases. When you go to a doctor in this country, they are much more likely, far more likely, to write you a prescription that treats a symptom as opposed to the root cause of that symptom. Let me give you an example that is kind of silly but really illustrates this point. 
Imagine you bang your head against the wall for an hour straight. Like you literally just stand there and continuously bang your head against the wall. You go to the doctor and they write you a prescription for a painkiller, right? That painkiller is going to help the pain go away. But the root cause of why you have that pain is because you were banging your head against the wall. So how about instead of taking a painkiller to make the pain go away, you stop banging your head against the wall? Okay, I warned you, I know that was really, really silly, right? But it illustrates exactly how we take care of things in this country. I guarantee you, if I went to a general practitioner with my bloating and all of my issues, he or she would tell me that I have gut problems and that would be the end of the conversation. There would be no investigation as to why I'm having gut problems in the first place. Is it because I've been on hormonal birth control, which affects the pH of your stomach, which can cause gut problems? Have I been on multiple rounds of antibiotics, which clears out all the bacteria in your gut, both the bad and the good, which can cause gut problems? Have I been abusing certain medications like Advil or Tylenol or proton pump inhibitors like Pepsid? I'd probably walk out of that office with a general diagnosis of IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, which really doesn't get to the root of what's causing all of these issues, and that would be that. If we are constantly treating the symptom and we're not getting to the root cause, we are never going to put out the fire. We're never going to get to what's actually causing you to be sick, which actually causing you to feel like crap. And that's a huge, huge problem. We're constantly putting band-aids on a problem that needs a deeper look into. I apologize in advance if this episode sounds a bit like a rant, but it is. And it's because, you know, I want you to take action. I want you to get to the root cause of your problems. I don't want you to stay sick. So I'm going to peel back the layers of the onion and show you kind of the sick care system in action and what you can do, how you can escape this system. So let's start at a very basic level. We do not learn about how to take care of ourselves in school, like at all. I can recall maybe one lesson or so on like the food pyramid, which by the way is very outdated. And if you're following the food pyramid, I mean, I pray for you because it it advocates for like the majority of your diet to be, you know, grains and just foods that are not necessarily the best for you. Young women are not taught about their hormones. They're taught that their period is this awful thing that happens once a month and that they're going to get horrible cramps and they're going to break out and they're going to be moody. They're not taught how to manage any PMS symptoms or why they're even having PMS symptoms in the first place. And so we are left with no education and no understanding of the human body. So what do we do when we're ignorant to a subject? We look to the experts and the experts are our doctors. Well, here's the issue. Doctors have little to no education on nutrition. They go to med school for five plus years and they usually have maybe one class on nutrition and it is once again outdated information. And so our doctors give the same BS advice that the health and fitness industry does, which we know doesn't work. Because if it worked, we wouldn't be in a position where by 2030, 50% of Americans will be overweight or obese. One out of every two Americans will be overweight or obese. Clearly, there is something wrong with this system. And it's the fact that, like I just said, we are not educated on nutrition. Doctors have little to no education on nutrition. Everybody's just left in the dark. Now, I knew this was a problem, but this became very apparent to me when we started having our clients try and order labs. 
So we have this long extensive list of labs that we like our clients to get, which includes thyroid hormones, sex hormones, blood glucose level, cortisol, all of the things we need to know when we're trying to figure out somebody's true state of health. And oftentimes doctors only order labs that are covered by insurance. Now this isn't their fault, right? They don't wanna be billed for something extra, but the problem is insurance doesn't cover labs that tell the whole story. So let me tell you a story about one of our clients here, and it's very, very top of mind for me because we just found this out yesterday. So I have a client, I believe she's 52 years old. She's in phenomenal shape. She's been working out with me for about a year. She's lost fat, she's built muscle. She's very, very happy with her body composition to the point where every time I get on a call with her, I ask her what her goal is and she says to just maintain where she's at because she's really, really happy. Well, I told her because she had had a history of some thyroid issues and her cholesterol has always been a little high despite the fact that she eats very well and takes care of herself. So I told her to go ahead and get some labs ran. She gets them done like once a year or maybe it's once a quarter. Yeah, I think it's once a quarter. So she gets them done once a quarter and I asked her to get them done just recently. So she went and got them done about a week ago Even though she showed her doctor the exact labs we wanted her to get, the doctor only ran maybe 70% of them, which I just told you why that happens. We're not going to fixate on that. Here's the crazy part. I asked her to run TPO antibodies, okay? This is a blood marker that indicates the presence of an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's. You might've heard me talk about it. We have an entire episode with an expert on it because I was diagnosed with it as well. Had I not asked her to get that lab run, she would have never gotten that run because doctors don't typically order that unless they suspect autoimmune conditions. And so she ran that test and her antibodies, which were supposed to be kept under 30, were something like 160, which means that she has Hashimoto's. She would have not known that if she just relied on her doctor. Imagine if, God forbid, her symptoms started getting really bad. She started losing her hair, having really bad joint pain, fatigue. These are all symptoms of Hashimoto's. Luckily, she doesn't have them yet, right? But imagine if she started experiencing those symptoms. She wouldn't have known that it was because of an autoimmune condition because her doctor hasn't run these tests ever. So luckily, we had her run them. And now she can see that she has this condition and we can start helping her work on it through lifestyle changes, diet changes, you know, potential supplementation, et cetera, et cetera. My point being that left to just the healthcare system, she would have never known that this was even a problem in her life. If that does not get your blood boiling, I don't know what will. Like that just blows my mind that we rely on these quote unquote experts and these experts sometimes don't even know how to get to the root of a problem, right? Like I said, she wasn't experiencing symptoms yet, so she wouldn't have known until the symptoms got so bad that she had to test for it. Again, that would have been an example of only treating the symptoms and not looking at the root cause, right? Only running the test when the symptoms are so bad that you have to versus running the test and making sure you don't have it. I suspected thyroid problems, which is why I had her run it because she was having some symptoms, some bloating, some kind of indigestion, some weird symptoms here and there. And she said that she had had issues with her thyroid in the past, right? So even with issues with her thyroid in the past, these doctors still didn't run that TPO antibody test and would have not known unless she requested herself, and how would she have known to request that herself? Clearly, this is an example of the sick care system in action that really just frustrates me. 
Another one is the fact that a lot of doctors will prescribe birth control to women for having symptoms that have nothing to do with wanting to prevent pregnancy. So they will prescribe birth control for conditions like acne or heavy periods, right? Here's the problem with this. They prescribe it nonchalantly, they don't have the education to know the effects it can have on a woman's body, and then five, 10 years down the line, when a woman has hormonal imbalances and gut health issues as a result of the IUD or the birth control pill that they're on, they're, they're confused, they're lost. They don't understand what caused those issues. They don't understand why they're having such trouble gaining weight, why they're moody all the time, while they're maybe feeling anxious or depressed, right? They have no idea because they were never warned. And I'm not saying that every single person that goes on birth control is going to experience some of those effects, but they are very, very common. Pills and potions should not be just given out like candy. And another example where you see this is where general practitioners will prescribe anxiety and depression medications without even asking their patients to see a psychiatrist or exploring other options. Like, this blows my mind. I really don't understand it. If you are feeling anxious and depressed, it's something worth exploring, right? You want to figure out why. Why are you feeling anxious? Why are you feeling depressed? What's causing this? Why would you just medicate it immediately without even seeing what's causing it? Again, taking a painkiller for banging your head against the wall instead of just stopping the head banging in the first place. I think another big one I see is just a lack of updated education on certain information. So doctors are still out here, you know, telling clients of mine that their cholesterol is high and their blood sugar levels are high because they're eating red meat or they're eating eggs. That has been disproven uh, a long time ago, okay? Cholesterol is absolutely necessary in the body. It's actually the precursor to a lot of hormones. And so you should not be afraid of eating fat. You should not be afraid of eating foods high in cholesterol. A lot of times, high cholesterol and high blood sugar levels are a result of systemic inflammation, which could be caused by other conditions. Like in the client example I just gave of the woman with Hashimoto's, she has high cholesterol. It's probably due to the autoimmune condition in her body, which is causing systemic inflammation, not her diet, because she actually chooses not to eat red meat and she doesn't eat that many eggs. So how does that make any sense? Along these lines, you know, women are told to just eat less and move more, and that's the cure to everything, right? Walking into the doctor's office with specific problems and just being told that you need to lose weight. So I had somebody who's a member of our Facebook community message me, and she was so angry. She sent me this like five minute long voice message. She said she was having breathing problems, and her doctor was just like, you need to lose weight. That was like all that the doctor said, right? Didn't go into it, didn't try to figure out what was causing it, just assumed that it was because she's overweight. And she admitted, she's like, I know I need to lose weight, but this is just such general vanilla advice. Like, you're not even taking a moment to sit with me and actually figure out what's going on. And, you know, I I realize I've been kind of like anti-doctor in this episode. I am not anti-doctor, okay? If I break my arm, I'm not going to heal it with herbal supplements, okay? I'm going to the doctor. And so I want to make it clear, because I know that this is a struggle for a lot of doctors, 
they don't really have a lot of time to see patients. They are overbooked. From what I have heard, there is a shortage in general practitioners because people want to specialize. They make more money in being a cardiologist or being an oncologist or something like that, right? So there's a shortage of general practitioners in this country. So they're over flooded with patients because we are super sick in this country and they have like 10 minutes to see a patient. So yeah, that general piece of advice is probably all you're going to get. The last little example I'll give you of the sick care system in action, this might resonate with a lot of you ladies, is, you know, we see this rise in the popularity of semaglutide, which is a specific peptide that decreases appetite and has been shown to be effective in weight loss efforts, right? Very effective with weight loss. Um, Its brand name is either Wagovi or Ozempic, and there's one called Monjaro, I believe, as well. And... Doctors are once again prescribing these to women to help them lose weight without giving them any sort of advice or clarity on what they need to do from a lifestyle perspective. So I've talked about this a little bit, but I don't recommend just getting on Ozempic as your be-all, end-all solution to weight loss. You need to be working on diet, you need to be working on lifestyle, all the stuff we talk about, mindset, of course, right? If you get on Ozempic, but you're still binge eating when you get off of it, like you're going to have issues. And we have clients who have had that particular problem where they have been on Ozempic, they've lost a lot of weight, they didn't change their lifestyle or diet, and they gained it all back very quickly. All right, so enough dwelling on the negatives. I think you guys get the point here. How do you escape this sick care system? Number one, you have to advocate for your health. You need to find a doctor who will help you get the labs you need, who will have deeper discussions with you. You need to be preventative. Do what you can to make sure you're taking care of yourself. All of the stuff we talk about in all the podcast episodes, right? Putting that together and making sure that the first time you pay attention to your health is not when you get a notification that from your doctor that, you know, you're pre-diabetic or you have high blood pressure or this, that, and the other. Last but not least, please do not blindly trust medical professionals. Do your due diligence, do your research, listen to your body, consult with other people, get second opinions, make sure that before you take action, like getting on a medication without even looking at the side effects, getting on birth control, you know, getting on metformin, a statin, whatever it is, that you do your own research. You have to advocate for your own health. All right, hopefully you all enjoyed this episode and you found it eye-opening. If you did, like I mentioned in the beginning, I would really greatly appreciate it if you could share this episode on your social media, leave it a five-star rating and review. As always, if you want to connect with me a little bit more, you're more than welcome to join our private Facebook community, The Female Fat Loss Blueprint. I always link the uh, link to join to that in the description below. And you can also follow me on Instagram at builtbybalance underscore iman. Thank you so much for listening. I'm wishing you wellness and I will see you in the next episode.